Well, speaking of that verse, we've heard it now several times. Maybe you've got it memorized, but we're going to go ahead and read that verse. It's from the 40th chapter, the 31st verse of Isaiah. So join with me in speaking it. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. If you're weary from standing, you can sit. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Amen. Those of you gathered here, as well as those joining us through our uh, various platforms of broadcasting, and if there should be somebody who this is your first time uh, attending in either of those formats, but especially if you're here in the building, and maybe it's because of our uh, preschool and kindergarten registration that maybe you're here, if this is your first experience uh, being here with St. Lawrence, I'd just like to extend a special welcome to you, and I pray that, that um, it will work out very well for you to get your, your children in, um, in our preschool and kindergarten. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you're not going to regret it. Very, very, very few people have ever regretted having their children be in a school like ours. Because one of the things that we get to do on a daily basis is we get to talk and celebrate and worship and love our Savior Jesus. And we get to then share that with others. And um, it's an amazing blessing that, that we have in, in our school and in our church here. So again, uh, welcome to you and, and may God truly richly bless uh, your experience with, uh, with St. Lawrence. Um, so, by means of the verse that we read, and actually the verses prior to verse 31, the Old Testament lesson, um, I want to have us consider uh, four concepts. And, and although I'm very want to do this kind of thing with the whole alliteration thing, here it goes. To satisfy those who are alliteration people, we are going to talk about the, the greatness and grandeur of our God. We're going to talk about grievances that God's people bring against him. Then we're going to talk about the grace of God that he demonstrates. And then perhaps we'll even talk about what our lives of gratitude may look like. So with that being said, let's, um, let's see if we can't get inspired by the words of our Old Testament lesson and talking about the greatness and the grandeur of God. So there you have a picture of the, of the earth. The sun, I think in this case, it's a sunrise coming over the edge of the globe. We confessed a few minutes ago, I believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. Do you truly believe that? You don't have to answer out loud. But do you believe that God actually created that? That he's that big he could make that world? I mean, look at that. Who could do such a thing? In fact, God says this in our lesson. He says, 
talking about himself, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in. Do you believe that he can do that? You see, <clears throat> I'm going to share with you now a little slideshow, and it's going to give you that perspective that, boys and girls, when, um, when you get up high above somebody, if you've ever climbed a tree or something, you can look, and you look down and people look small, smaller. And then the higher you go up, if you've ever been in a really tall building or maybe you've been in an airplane, you've been able to look down and maybe you can see the cars, they look really tiny. That's what God is talking about, that the inhabitants of the earth look like grasshoppers. Well, the next images are going to be from the International Space Station, which is orbiting at 250 miles above the surface of the earth. And so as you see those images, consider what it is that God's perspective is. These were taken, or at least many of them, had um, involvement by an astronaut by the name of Colonel Jeffrey Williams. And, and these images he put in, um, in a picture book of sorts, but they're also available online. He's a, an American astronaut who holds the record, as far as I know still, for spending the most time in space. One of his trips to the International Space Station was for six months. He was up there. And one of the things that he said in his book, he said, I never grew tired of looking at that part of God's creation that we call the earth. He said, I see the, the geography, the oceans. I see the sunrises, the sunsets. I see the, the thunderstorms. I see the lights of the cities. And he is amazed at what he sees by God. How God has created all of this and it's part of the work of his hands. Let's see, what? Oh, I get so confused. I can finally see this screen, but all right, that doesn't matter. That's him, by the way. And um, the work of his hands was his book. But anyway, any interview that you've ever seen, he's retired now. But this Colonel Williams, he happens to be a Christian. And he happens to be a Lutheran Christian. And guess what? He even happens to be a Missouri Synod Lutheran Christian, huh? How about that? I bet you never guess. As far as I know, he was last member at uh, Gloria Day Lutheran Church in Houston, Texas, as you might guess, being the area where he's based out of. But um, amazing faith and demonstrates in all that he uh, speaks about in his role. But to think that God created that. Now, he says that when new astronauts come to the uh, space station, that they um, are often drawn to what is out on the Earth side of the space station, because that grabs your attention, that big blue marble, and you can never tire of looking at that. But he also said that they'll look at the other side. Now, this image obviously is not taken from the space station, but boys and girls, do you think you could count the stars up there? Every one of those little white dots or bigger dots is a star. Do you think you could count them? 
I bet if you could freeze that picture like it is and had a way to put a grid over top of that, I bet it would take you a long time, but, and you'd have to get your numbers like way up there, probably more than 10, maybe even more than 100, maybe even more than what your teachers can count. But you, you could maybe count all those, but this is just one slice of a 360 diorama. 360 degrees of stars. That's the other aspect of space that is absolutely so amazing. You see what God says through his word? He says this. He says, look at the heavens. Look up and see. Who created these? Who brings them out by number, in their number, calling each of them by name. Boys and girls, back to those stars. Could you imagine if you would name every one of those stars? Could you keep track of that? I mean, you could have Alex and Freddie and, um, you know, Letitia and Methuselah and Jemima and who knows how many other names you could come up with. But could you keep track of all of them? Who could keep track of naming all the stars anyway? I'm Rocky Moselle with International Star Registry. For $54 and a call to the number on your screen or visit us online, we will name a star after anyone on your gift list. Since 1979, International Star Registry has named countless stars for celebrities, dignitaries, royalty, and individuals just like you. Who knew? Maybe God does it through Rocky Moselle in the International Star Registry. Do you know how ridiculous that must sound to God? I mean, seriously. Do, do their records match his records of naming the stars, I wonder? Um, yeah, maybe some of you have a star named after you. Uh, that's awesome. You're in some pretty good company. You see them with their little uh, documents? Again, I've been saying I don't think they had to pay the 54 bucks, I bet. I bet each one of them did not have to. But anyway, there's, uh, what, a couple more presidents since then? And they've got their, their star named after them, and they could plot it out on something. Think of the one who made those stars. When they're president, they're considered to be the most powerful person in the world, in the free world, because of our country and the position that we're in. But how does that compare to the Almighty? The greatness and the grandeur of the Lord? Well, let's see what he says. That he is the one who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. Like a black hole, I guess. Now, I know we can know that there's so much involved in our day-to-day -day lives and in politics and in the government and our societies, and there's so many details, and it's a big deal who's in control because look at the influence that they have and the way that they can pass legislation or executive orders and all of those things, and, and then the rulers of other nations and, and whether we're going to be in war or not. It's crazy. And yet compared to the Lord? He's the one who's in 
control. He's the one who's put those rulers there. They will come and go as he sees fit. Which brings us to our grievance part of the message. Because you see, that begs the question, if God is so powerful and if he's so much in control and can do all that stuff, then why doesn't he listen to us? That's what the people of Israel said. And God says, why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord and my right is disregarded by my God? Now, don't get me wrong. We can ask all the questions we want. We have the ability to go before the Almighty. He can handle it. But I think we kind of cross a line when we bring our grievances such in a matter as if we are saying that God doesn't care, that he doesn't know, that he's too tired from creating the universe and sustaining the universe, that maybe he doesn't have time for us little grasshoppers, that our rights are being disregarded. Because after all, if God would do things our way, think of how much better it would be, right? Think of how much better everything would be in this world if God would just listen to us. How many times haven't we prayed before the Lord, begging and pleading with him like we're encouraged to do, but to have that prayer turn into the grievance that questions God's love, God's power, God's ability, God's compassion? What is it that we feel that God has done that has benefited us most recently? Again, it's part of our human nature. It's part of who we are as fallen sinful beings to almost lecture to the Almighty and tell Him what He needs to do better or differently but you know, his answer to God, to his people, as it has been for centuries, is often wait. You see, God doesn't choose to uh, respond in ways because he's not, because he's tired or faint. In fact, this is how he says it through Isaiah. He says, the creator of the ends of the earth does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Perhaps we could agree on that at least. Regardless of how we feel God is doing with running things and, and working in our society and in our lives, can we at least acknowledge that if he did in fact create the universe, the, the earth and the stars that go for light years, that maybe his understanding is beyond our ability? You see, I do believe that as human beings in the big picture of things, sometimes we do need to be put, if you will, in our place. And I think being confronted with the greatness and grandeur of the Lord is one of those things. You see, 
our grievances, as valid as they may seem and be, and as sincerely as they may be offered, they are also heard by the Lord. He does not grow tired or weary of hearing our prayers. But again, he may have for us a message of weight. Think about it. Think of how many times in history that we have through Scripture and other that God's people have needed to wait. Weeks, months, years, decades, centuries, and how about millennia? It's true. But in the midst of our sinfulness, be reminded that he is ultimately a God of grace. That he promises that just as we can grow weary, he will provide the strength. And so we have God's promise. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall stumble and fall. Boys and girls, I don't know if you were able to see that. That was, a, that was the men's 1,500 meter. That's uh, just a little bit short of a mile. And um, those guys were in pretty good shape. Those are college athletes, and they were running fast for 1,500 meters, trust me. But did you notice the one guy? He had been in the lead as he was coming down the stretch, and then somebody was passing him, and he was just giving it everything that he had. And did you see what happened? He stumbled. He gave it his all, and he stumbled, and he fell. He was exhausted. Was it because he was out of shape? No. But because he had given it all, and, and amazingly, he got up to cross the finish line, and then I don't know if you watched him, but after he crossed the finish line, he walked off a little ways into the infield, and he just collapsed. Now, I can assure you that that individual recovered physically from that race and mentally and perhaps even emotionally. No, it wasn't me. It was not me. I could never run like that. But what a picture it is of you and me as Christians in this life, not just the physical stamina that we sometimes, that gives out, but the spiritual journey we're on how tiring it can be, how wearisome it can be, how much pressure we experience, how many cares and concerns are with us, not to mention the incredible guilt that is on our hearts and minds. Some of it false guilt. Some of it true guilt. And yet you have that promise once again. The promise 
They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall rise up on wings, mount up with rings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's precisely who our God is. He's not so big and grand way up in the universe that he doesn't know what's going on. No, in fact, he is so concerned about every detail that he got this small. In fact, smaller than what I can put my fingers together. That's also something that we just confess, that he was conceived by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary. The one who created Space and the earth got so small you could hardly see him. And he went through every facet of life, knowing what it is to be tired, to be weary. In fact, so much so that he also stumbled and fell as he was carrying that cross to Calvary. Not just because his physical strength had given out after he had been tortured and put on trial and mocked, but because of the weight that he was carrying of the sins of the entire world, yours and mine. Imagine that weight that he had to carry. No wonder he stumbled and fell But as only the Almighty could, he went forward. And he took that weight and he took it to the cross and buried that weight and guilt and our sin far from us. And so he gives that renewing strength each and every day. So now what does our life look like when it comes to a life of gratitude? For you see, we've experienced the grace of God, and now how do we demonstrate that it makes a difference? Well, it's not on the video, but I would imagine that when that young man collapsed on the infield after that race, that I bet it wasn't more than a few more seconds and there were people there. His trainer, his coach, his teammates, perhaps other people from the infield, probably strangers that he didn't even know. Other people came to attend to him to try to see if they could do anything to help him, to make sure he had fluids, to help him get up, to do whatever needed to be done. Do you see that's who we are blessed to be? We're the ones who have the strength. We're on the wings of eagles. And there are plenty of people who are weary, who are tired, who are stumbling, who are bearing the guilt and the weight of so many things. And you and I are able to come alongside and able to do whatever we can to help them carry that burden, to help them realize that they too have a God who loves them unconditionally, that they have been forgiven even when they can't forgive themselves. What a privilege that God gives to us, our great and grand God who takes our grievances and covers them with His grace 
and gives us the opportunity to live lives of gratitude. May you wait on those wings that the Lord gives. In Jesus' name, amen. And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the peace which passes all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.